if that if this is what it is, then I'm willing, of course, and and willing and happy to to do my best to 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 do that. I mean, I I think it's 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 great. I mean, of course, I will make mistakes. I'm not used to using they in this way, or you know, but I'm I'm happy to 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 accommodate that for people. You know, absolutely. But I don't like it when people try to get into my brain. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and force me to think in a certain way that immediately makes me a kind of want to think something else. Right. Well, I still want everybody to decide and to, to do what's good for them. I just don't like it when they twist my arm. Right. You know, and I don't like it that. Yeah. Then I'm afraid to talk to you that I'm now thinking about what I just said before and thinking that, you know, thank goodness I'm not I don't have anything to cancel. Hey, let's do this. I'm Ariel Isaac Norman. This is Wrong Questions Only, your politically non-binary culture peace podcast where we're trying to figure shit out. But we're funny and uh, yeah, we're not afraid. We're not shying away from questions. We are, that's the whole point. We get to ask all the wrong questions. We, uh, and trust each other that this is in good faith. Different uh, guests, depending on what they're kind of like or how well I know them or how much we uh, already have develop trust some i'm harder on than others uh sometimes you know it all just depends on the situation so i feel like this guest and the last are both people who i don't really know so i find myself um, also agreeing with them more than i would if they were someone that i um was more comfortable just challenging but also sometimes there's just a lot to get from agreeing you know like it's funny because this is the wrong questions only podcast but it's not uh, very combative most of the time most of the time I'm just going to get on your wavelength and mostly see what we agree on and then um, still see what comes out of that you know I was just listening to Glennon Doyle's Untamed book I love all of Glennon Doyle's books but I was listening to the Untamed book for hours because I'm covered in poison ivy again and I, 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 I would like to sleep but um one of the things that she said, a little quotable phrase, was unasked questions become prejudices. And that's what I see too. It's like I get frustrated when people don't just call a spade a spade, when people are pretending to have opinions they don't have, etc. I get I get annoyed about miscommunications. That's one of the reasons I care so much about this gender stuff and all the language that we're using. But I also get really worried about stuff like this. If people don't get to ask their questions, then they only talk about it amongst themselves or they let things fester in their minds and hearts. Like, guys, let's just have all these conversations. I could be wrong about every fucking thing. I don't know, we could all be wrong. I could be wrong, totally could be wrong. So I am very open and willing to have conversations with just about anybody. I mean, sometimes I can only engage so much with certain people on Instagram, whatever, but especially one-on-one -on -one conversations. And even if we're having some kind of interaction on Instagram and uh, we're not getting anywhere, almost everybody I would put on this podcast or at least attempt to because some people then just try to turn out to be like crazy and or stupid and I don't want to put crazy and or stupid people necessarily on the podcast uh, too often I mean we got to do it sometimes because that's represent you know that's the other thing it's like we don't want that to be the only representation because there are lots of non-crazy stupid people of every demographic um, and every identity but some people are crazy and stupid and with that there was a representative too there's, we all know. Anyway, so unasked questions become prejudices. 
and we want to avoid that. So we're asking all the wrong questions. Can you tell that I haven't slept? I don't know, maybe this is when my personality is at its best. <laughs> okay, uh, I had a great time recording this conversation. It was just fun to meet someone. Uh, she's about to introduce herself. It's fun to meet someone who, you know, just has a very different life than mine and just talk to her. But, you know, we also see a lot of uh, things eye to eye. And so in this episode, Dasa will introduce herself and, uh, you know, basically, you know, what her life, who, who she is. I don't know how to say it. You know, she'll tell you. Uh, all the the main points and then she will talk uh, okay well she's a dominatrix I guess I guess I'll just say that now spoiler alert uh, I'm talking to a dominatrix today and she is going to um, to, to talk about that a little bit um, if you want to hear more about her dominatrix stuff I'm gonna put stuff up on the patreon and Substack. I'll get to that uh, patreon.com slash wrong questions only or patreon.com slash WQO and then wrong qo.substack.com okay but so she is then also going to talk about she had a trans woman client a client who she started seeing uh, uh, before she identified as a woman in transition physically and mentally uh, you know, chemically I guess is the word um, so anyway she'll sort of talk about that and uh, what she kind of learned and had from that experience and then also we just started talking about the Chappelle special because it had come out a couple days before we recorded. So, uh, yeah, so I thought that uh, talking about the Chappelle special, we talked about it a little bit. And then we, all, of course, that just got us to talking about the culture more broadly. This is going to be a two-part episode because then I just didn't want this to be too long, even though this intro was just added 17 minutes. But whatever. You know what? If you're listening to this, maybe you like hearing me talk. <laughs> Have I ever thought about that? And so the episode two is going to be when we started, she, I think, asked me, uh, Dasa did at the end of the conversation. I was like, do you have any wrong questions for me? And she asked me what I thought about the whole, are lesbians disappearing thing? So <laughs> that led into a whole thing. Uh, those of you who are subscribed to the Patreon or the uh, uh, Substack will recognize that that was a question that came up in the last bonus episode, but the conversation that I had with Dasa and the conversation that I had with uh, Sophie Santos uh, were very different. So next week, are lesbians disappearing? Part two. So this is Dasa Hink. Enjoy. So I go by a few names, but um, so my uh, music stuff, I go by Dasa Hink. Uh, and also my YouTube, uh, where I talk about uh, being a dominatrix. And also, so basically, yeah, <laughs> I'm a dominatrix, a professional dominatrix since like nine years now. Originally, I'm from Israel, but I've been living in Europe for 16, 17 years now. In Berlin all the time? No, I lived in Holland for eight years. Oh. And before that, I was in London for one year. Um, and now I'm, yeah, I'm almost, oh, you know, my, my time is getting a bit warped, but sure. uh, I'm 41 now. Yeah. It's always, you tell the story many times, but the numbers keep changing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm 41 now. I moved to Europe when I was 24. Uh, I studied art and, uh, I was the classical poor artist, um, you know, um, moved to Berlin, uh, rediscovered my sexuality uh, after a breakup. So I was even married. 
uh, when I was 30, 31, and then I moved to Berlin. And uh, it's really a cliche story. Um, person moves to Berlin, rediscovers their crazy side, sex, yeah. drugs, and roll. Uh, <laughs> And and also I was very uh, like struggling financially all my life basically until I uh, bumped uh, across this ad in the paper um, for um, a dominatrix studio. And you'd never done and that stuff before. Never done that stuff before. And, and no. even in just mean, like I, in sexual experiences with people, is that something that you had been you know gravitating toward, or you know were you just more sub- uh, submissive before kinky. that? Uh huh. I was super kinky, but I was submissive, uh-huh. like with my relationship before. Mm-hmm. And I had fantasies and all of that, uh, but I never considered that I might be dominant. You had fantasies Until- of being dominant or? No, oh, no, okay. being submissive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but then one day um, this inspiration came to me, even before the ad, it was really just, just before that, that if I have uh, submissive fantasies, I'm also the dominant person in the mm-hmm. fantasy. Yeah, because in fantasies, you're both, right? That's interesting. Because you, you're you the one that came up with the ideas, right? It's like they say you're every character in your dreams. You're also every character in your fantasies, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And somehow I, I came with this notion all of a sudden just before I, I came across this ad. So when I did, and I was already in the scene going out to KitKat and you know, experiencing the scene, which I never had before, because before, I, you know, I did it privately. But in Berlin, it's very public, this whole BDSM. It's it's a style. It's like something you wear to go to the supermarkets. You know, it's very, very normal. So, um, yeah. And then I just uh, tried it and I realized I'm really good. <laughs> Who knew? So your first time doming someone was for pay like it you, you didn't try it out like hey let me do this with a with a lover first or you just like you just answered the ad and went for it uh kind of but uh no i did i did i did try one time before so what i did is i i realized that it's not the same as playing with a lover mm-hmm. because there's already an established dynamic and also my big question was can i do this can i meet a stranger and touch their dick yeah. I mean, is this gross? So I went to a munch, you know, munch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have them mm-hmm. here too. It's just like any kind of polyamorous. Like for whatever reason, polyamorous brunches are called munches, I guess just because it's a more sexual <laughs> word. So polyamorous people <laughs> like you to bring up sex all the time. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> We're just trying to evoke eating pussy. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, munch does sound like this is a pussy involved. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I went to a munch. I found um, a guy that I was extreme, uh, like specifically a person that I'm not attracted to, so that uh, there is oh, no funny. like personal, uh-huh. yeah, because it's not about me being attracted to them, it's about right. me delivering a certain service. Uh-huh. And um, then we went to this uh, really cute a play space here that's very German. Everybody comes with their letter hose and their letter yeah. things. And on on Sunday at 9.30 in the morning and they eat cake and they, they drink coffee and they go play. And there's like a whole play space. Okay, um, so this is a morning sex event. I think I exaggerated. I think it was maybe noon. Okay, okay <laughs> no, but that's just... But yeah, it was a, a daytime thing. Yeah, It was a Sunday wild. daytime. 
Mm-hmm. I'm always yeah. saying that I wish, you know, more, there would be more stand up that I could do in the mornings because it's just like, I'm a morning person and whatever. Every now and then you get a gay brunch yeah. show, but it's the same with sex. I'm always like, everyone always wants to have sex with me at night. And I'm like, well, I just, I'm going to have more energy in the morning if we could. Yeah. But then you got to oh, get absolutely. up before coffee. Cause if you start me drinking coffee, then I'm going to want to talk <laughs> and be all in my head. And so, so what I mean, the best sex is always in the morning before coffee. her dominatrix work and all the gender and sexuality stuff that comes out of that, then you can go to patreon.com slash WQO or substack. What is it? WQ? No, wrong. QO.substack.com. Wrong. QO.substack.com to support us there and to get involved in the conversation. There's also a free version of the substack if you want to just test that out. And uh, yeah, but so we just, we talked about sex and domination stuff for a long time. So uh, it was a little off topic for the gender. So making that into bonus content. And now we'll get into her transplant. And And yeah, I didn't mention I have a a trans um, woman client that transitioned while seeing me. Mm -hmm. So we've been seeing each other for four years now. And uh, yeah, I mean, she came to me as a man in the beginning and then now she's really taking hormones. And last time she came over with uh, a kind of a girlfriend uh, and we did like a session together. It was really fun. Okay. So actually when she came to me, it was four years ago and she was just, um, All right. as I said, she was a man back then. Mm-hmm. And she had, uh, she was going to dominatrix since she was 18. So she was always kinky. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And it's a very... It's a very common thing, feminization, we call it. I don't know how it's called. Forced, uh, fem- you mean forced feminization? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, exactly. Um, or cross-dressing, like some people, it's not forced. It's just, you know, they are, they are, the, the, they are like, you know, dressed oh, as okay. a, yeah, the Schwanzmädchen or whatever we call them. Uh, yeah, like a dick, dick, dick girl, basically. Oh, funny. Um, Schwanzmädchen. I gotta look that up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's very common uh, to do that in a session. Um, so I think that she felt she basically got into it through being like a, a feminization, like forced, uh, forced feminization, you called it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she well, got forced into feminization, it. Yeah. I think is, yeah, it's just specifically when someone like right. makes you be a girl or something or makes you be right, right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So yeah, um, it's feminization basically. Uh, she got into it through feminization. She's also extreme foot fetishist. Like I've never seen somebody adore feet so much. It's lovely. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. anyway, I mean, I think that was a place for her to discover herself a little bit in this realm, you know, because it's a bizarre yeah. world. Everything is possible. And and then she went to uh, this dominatrix for years. And the the last session she was there, she told her, listen, I'm actually, I want to be a woman. I, I think I'm a woman, actually. Mm-hmm. And this uh, woman, this feminist uh, dominatrix uh, told her, no, you're not. Shut mm-hmm. up. And then they continued the session and she, uh, she gave her a beating. Like, that's what she wanted also, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. but. Uh, but the context of the beating was very traumatic for her yeah. because she was rejected. Right. 
as as a woman. She was rejected by this person that she really, you know, meant a lot to her because right. I know she's very loyal. She's very intense. She's very, um, you know, um, so so it was very traumatic. That and sounds awful. Yeah. 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 And then she, uh, a, a lot of things changed. She moved to Berlin from mm-hmm. a different That'll city, do it. Germany. <laughs> and yeah. And, and then she was like, okay, she could get back to it. Uh, she felt probably more confident. And then she met me. And uh, also we started with her being more feminization and she mm-hmm. was still a man. And, and slowly I was really very supportive of her being whatever she wants to be. Yeah. And slowly we did like, she started to be with a man for the first time. And I facilitated that we went, you know, to a club and uh, she, she was the whore, you know, we played with this like role uh, play. Mm -hmm. It was like sucking dicks in a, in a dark room. And we slowly kind of gradually, not that that means being a woman, but you know, I mean, it was like exploring her sexuality at the same time, uh, being more transitioning and then slowly and then she came out at work and then she came out to her parents and now she's doing hormones and like through that also I introduced her to another sex worker who was a trans woman uh, who um, like fully with surgery and everything and uh-huh. they started to have a relationship together she started seeing her more so that she can have more like feeling of how it is and what's possible and all of that and like mm-hmm. And feel, and of course, she is who she is, and she's she's um, um, maybe a bit more non-binary. I don't know what how she sees herself, but she completely changed, like uh, in this four years that I know yeah. her. It's wow. been amazing. It's like such a blossoming, and now she's also really integrated in the community, and yeah. she's dating a, a non-binary uh, person, and and she's she found her place and you see her really growing into her own and and also being around people that are like her it's amazing it's amazing process that happened yeah so can you can you say anything about like has the ways that she wants to be dominated changed um since she started hormones and or since she you know like uh, kind of socially transitioned no, <laughs> all the same. She still wants me to beat the crap out of her until <laughs> she screams, yeah, and and like begs, and yeah. it's just insane. And she still loves feet like crazy, but uh, her balls are too small now to fit in a dick cage. So, oh yeah, that'll we're gonna okay. have to find a solution for People that. People forget about. <laughs> I think I've heard that complaint before, actually, from someone who likes getting dominated. This, yeah. <laughs> Thing, I guess the doctors need to really remember to add that to their list of uh, considerations <laughs> when you are going to take hormones as your balls might get too small to lock up. So we're going to have to get custom dick cages, put that on the expense. List. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she starting was super feminine from the beginning. She was always super feminine, very, like very, I mean, yeah, like really very gentle, very, very this like warm-hearted like amazing so intense so present person and yeah I mean I I, yeah I I can't say that she changed so much but just grew into her own really that's all it just became more confident more yeah right well so you helped someone transition so there you go look you have bona fides in the queer community Um, (laughs) they found you you were an affirming dom uh, her her prior dom was uh, non-affirming and you were affirming. So look at that. Oh, oh my God, I have a title. 
mm-hmm. the affirming Dom. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of like identities that you have, I mean, it sounds to me like you identify as a woman. So like there's that, uh, unless you want to correct the record on that. But uh, otherwise, do you consider yourself liberal or whatever words you would use in, in Germany for that or um, conservative or any, is there any kind of, pol- are, there, are there political words that you're like, no, that's definitely me? Oh gosh, it's very, very tricky. Um yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I keep, I keep searching myself, to be honest. Oh, you have a doggy. Yeah, so there's a few. Oh, oh I love doggies. But yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's very complicated. I mean, I know in the U.S. you have uh, mostly a two, two, two-way system. But I mean, I think in Germany, a lot of things are working really well. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in German in Germany there are a lot of things that work really well. Like uh, I pay a lot of taxes, mm-hmm. um, but I'm happy where the taxes go. Right. Uh, you know, if if uh, like I would have if I was pregnant, I would get 14 months uh, of, of 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 wages. You know. Yeah. Even though I'm not, I'm, not, I'm like I'm I'm independent, and still I would get about 75 percent. Uh, every month of what I'm making. Right. Uh, there's a lot of rights. There's a lot of things that people have, but still, you know, it's not completely, it's not social, it's not communism, you know, um, right. it's still a free market. I, I like this system. I think this is a pretty good system. Still needs a lot of tweaking. Right. But um, I mean, it sounds yeah. like your politicians are a lot less just like corrupt than ours, even ours who pretend to themselves that they're not corrupt. I mean, all they're doing is shuffling money around, influence peddling. Mm. Whatever. I mean, they're just not getting around to anything that useful, conservative or liberal economically. It's all just like pretend that we'll make more money in the future and keep, in, you know, inflating our currency and, you know, spending on these programs that don't make, you know, like, yeah, we just we're so far away from that combination of free market capitalism and social socially democratic policies that a lot of y'all Europeans have in place that it's just like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's really a lot of things here. Also look, I come from Israel and there it's, I mean, I mean, in two years there were what five elections, I think, or Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, and they can't even, even do anything because there are so many different voices in the country and i mean by the time that they that they can do something they already have to think about the next election i mean how right. how is anybody gonna do anything it's a horrible yeah yeah plan. I, I feel i feel Germ- germany and berlin is an incredibly good place to live right. i mean they can't kick me out of my apartment Oh, and it's by a, a private company okay mm-hmm. they can't kick me out of apartment they have to give me 10 years to leave wow. the apartment if wow. they, uh, and there's only like two reasons why they can tell me to leave the apartment. Wow. And even then they have to give me 10 years, you know? So, I mean, but this means that you're like, it, it seems to me like then you, you're kind of freed up in countries like that to not be, be so, you know, forced to care about like that aspect of politics. So if it's generally going like the, those policies are kind of already in place and they, yeah, they may go back and forth a little bit, but um, that do people get more focused on social things then uh, in Germany in terms of who they want to vote for, or is it still so economic based? Uh, yeah, it's very, I mean, I think that now there was an election and uh, uh, I don't, don't remember who, but it was very uh, lefty. It turned out very pretty, like it's very balanced. Mm-hmm. But uh, also very, there's a lot of um, 
Yeah, I don't remember the percentage, but I think it was very balanced, leaning towards left and very green. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people are very, uh, yeah, very into green um, energy. And of course, like, you know, all this uh, environmental stuff is really, in Europe in generally, it's very like, we can't buy straws, okay? Yeah, right. <laughs> like we've, straws. We've I, started I'm working blocked. on straws here a little bit, but I just, I wish yeah. that it's just like, well, why don't we just start by like not defaulting to putting two straws in my drink whenever I go out to yeah. lunch, just ask if I want straws first so that I don't have to be like, oh crap. I didn't. And then they'll just throw 17 on the table and then throw them away when I uh, don't use them. I mean, it's like stuff oh, like that. So. Where, well, the difference between, you know, you go into a liberal coffee shop and it's like, oh, we don't have straws, I guess. Did you not bring your own? And then you go into a conservative place and they just throw them away in front of you for no reason. So it's like, can we not just maybe do some of the obvious change it anyway, but um, yeah, just a little bit, just a little yeah, bit. Okay, we try that. the right direction. Exactly. But it, I mean, totally. But all of this stuff, I mean, I just, whenever I go somewhere else, I go to Israel, it's a disaster. Whenever I go uh, other places, it's quite a disaster. But uh, Europe generally kind of going good. Sorry, yeah. me, but to, and also the fact that I can work. It's mind-boggling. I'm so happy to pay my taxes and to say, oh, I made a session. I made money through selling sex because yeah. I cannot do it anywhere else in the world. And I'm a citizen now. I mean, I'm not a, I don't have a passport, but it doesn't matter. I'm like, I'm paying taxes. Yeah. I have rights because I'm a part of society. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, maybe it's I should amazing. just move to Germany. Um, yeah, so, come over. You will love it. I know I, I would. So do you consider yourself liberal? Do you consider yourself a feminist? How does that, does that even come up? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't know if it comes up, but nobody really asks me. Everybody assumes I'm liberal. Well, yeah. Yes. But I mean, are there, cause you know, here in America, there's just still so much of like, the word feminist, it's like, well, it depends on who's asking because everyone's defining it differently. And then nowadays they might just assume that that means you're, you know, it's a dog whistle for transphobia. If you even call yourself a feminist or to other people, they still assume that you're burning bras as opposed to just not wearing them mm-hmm. like a lot of us. Um, <laughs> I don't need to burn them. So mm-hmm. that would be wasteful. But so, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, do y'all have this whole, and we have, in, you know, at least here we have this whole conversation about like third wave feminism versus mm-hmm. the older ones or you know i don't know i call myself a seventh wave just to <laughs> avoid the whole <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah i mean okay so there's definitely a, a thing there of the third wave versus the second wave i think correct me if i'm wrong but um yeah i mean for example like my sister is second wave or she's not like i don't know what she is anyway but um, but she doesn't like that you're doing she doesn't sex work. like sex work she <laughs> right. doesn't like sex work i mean we've had talks and of course i've had talks with other women that say whenever a woman uh, a man gives money to a woman for a sexual act is necessarily oh i don't remember what they said De- but degrading or degrading yeah mm-hmm. degrading I've, I, don't, I don't see it that way at all i think there's um, so much unpaid sex that's degrading for women do you know yeah, what I mean? I, That's what yeah. I don't understand. It's like, well, what about all of that degrading <laughs> that's happening? That's yeah. And then you're not getting paid. So I don't know which one's more degrading. The stories exactly. that I hear from my girlfriends who, you know, my female friends who date men, uh, I'm like, God, I hear so many degrading stories and then they leave broker than they started. <laughs> so maybe it would be better to leave <laughs> with money in your hand after that. Absolutely. And uh, it's like at least 
or you know all the stories like oh yeah but um well you know it's a it's a person that gives you buys you presents whatever you know i mean mm-hmm. what people do that oh totally there's so much of that where it's like well the guy's taking you out to dinner and he's buying you gifts and he's bringing you yeah. out to whatever and that's okay but if if you know he <laughs> if he pays little, you for actual hour, but because right. the thing is when but you money do just a sugar baby thing, right. Right. then it's like, oh yeah, some vague amount for a vague amount of time. No, my hour costs 250 right. euro and that's what you will pay. And that's, a, you know, and then I have limits. The boundaries are so much easier to right. set. Well, also in, in a relationship sometimes, sometimes, you know, sex is one of the things that you exchange for other things, like right. not necessarily money, but like one person really likes sex. The other person likes more, I don't know, um, something else. Yeah. And yeah. they exchange. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's so normal. Totally. Exactly. And, and money is just representative of time, value, resources, whatever. It's, it's a representation. Yeah. So the idea that like, yeah, someone can buy you a gift, but not give you money. It's like, well, what does that even mean? I mean, I, I agree. I also prefer it when my mom, you know, gives me a real gift and not a gift card. She actually doesn't give me gifts ever, but, um, but you know what I mean? Like we all prefer it when someone can, buy. you know, I, like I get that aspect of it, but it's also, we also live in a Venmo world. Um, or cash app or whatever, where like money is just kind of one of the ways that we can flow mm-hmm. things between us. And so I think people are getting too in their head about that. And it's, you know, also just coming from Judeo-Christian or any kind of monotheistic values um, anyway. So I think people just haven't separated all of these ideas out enough, you know, to figure out what we're really even saying when we say you shouldn't pay for that. People are always paying. <laughs> Have you watched the Dave Chappelle special? Actually, I did. You did? Okay. There's so much talk about it. I had to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was wondering. I, I mean, I don't <laughs> You don't know how that is in every, yeah. Is everyone talking about it in Germany as well? Or is it just because you're plugged into American Twitter or mm-hmm. um, is it a big deal over there? I'm plugged into all your podcasts. So yeah, and all the podcasts. Um, yeah, no, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did hear from another sex worker about it. So I think, to be honest, here he's super influenced uh, by the US um, yeah. because there's first of all a lot of Americans here, really a lot. Yeah, uh, once it escaped uh, the craziness there, <laughs> um, and also I think you know there's still a lot of queer culture here, and it's very, very, very influenced. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what did you think of the special? I liked it. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was quite clever how he uh he twisted everything around and I didn't feel it was offensive at all. I don't know what people are talking about, but again, I I mean I'm not, you know, to be honest, like there's a reason why I listen to the bar pod, you know. Right. <laughs> to the Block and Reported podcast. Well they make I'm a lot a of bit, sense. Um a bit they make a lot of sense. And I, I you know, I don't and I mean do I don't like the, I don't like militantism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can all admit that there's an authoritarianism on the left right now. And so oh, what please, we know yes. is what we know is that Dave Chappelle is also widening the Overton window on what we're all allowed to say and ask and think at the, around the water cooler the next day or around our dinner tables or anywhere, you know, and 
so that's what people don't want is they don't they know they can't cancel Joe Rogan and J.K. Rowling and Dave Chappelle, but they also know that they can at least cause enough of a stink that the rest of us who are cancelable, vulnerable to losing our jobs, our livelihoods, our friends, whatever, um, they know that they can send a message to us. You're not allowed to say those things because you know, largely what he did was question ideology and, um, and so they don't want ideology being questioned, even though that's so much of what stand up has been like, that's a stand up that I love is when it is provocative and it makes us go, are we sure that we've thought these things through? Are there sure, are we sure the emperor's wearing clothes? Are we sure we don't have some things we all could be talking about that? Are we sure we've not gotten religious in our thinking around some question that's, you know, making us all in, in unable to see things clearly or say things clearly. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, the impossible pussy thing is just so fucking good. So <laughs> beyond, beyond pussy, impossible pussy, yeah. that's not blood, it's beet juice. I mean, come on. What, why did they actually do it? What? Use beetroot juice? Oh, in the, in the impossible burgers, uh, the beyond burger and impossible burgers, the, the new, um, you know, the, the meat-free meat burgers that there are, uh, meat-free vegan burgers. Uh. They use beet juice. <laughs> oh, do you not know? Yeah, they use beet juice to make them red. And then actually my a, a trans chick friend of mine was doing like a sex-themed show recently and a, and a friend of hers actually happened to like shoot beet juice out of her ass um, to make it look like blood. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> that happened like a couple weeks before that special came out. Anyway, so it's... um. Yeah, but it's also like, hey, we need to be able to joke and talk about things. And I, and yeah, he, I mean, I could see the argument that, you know, for him to joke about trans people's genitals is uh, maybe rude and he's getting away with something that's a little bit like, I don't even know how to say like, but he, the thing is like, I, I know that Dave also has trans friends and like is sensitive to their realities, but, you know, he needs to be able to get laughs during this kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. he needs to be able to call a spade a spade as he sees it. And even if he's wrong or arguably wrong, or from certain perspectives wrong about certain things, like no one ever said stand up was going to get everything, you know, completely right or whatever, but it is there to be provocative and, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's the, the kind of stand up I love the best anyway. And I think it was provocative. And I think that, yeah, you know, if Nanette or if Hannah Gatsby can go up there and be somewhat funny and somewhat sermony, so can Chappelle. And we get to hear everybody and Netflix is putting everybody on. And if you want to come up with with your own special, your own TV show, whatever, they're going to put your shit on too. you know, put your ideas mm-hmm. out there Um and, and, and I, it's so strange to, you know, to, to argue that nowadays trans voices are being unheard um, or it's like, no, you can totally get yourself elevated. Like there's so much elevation going on of trans voices right mm-hmm. now. So to say that, like they're putting him up and no, what they want is only people who agree with their ideology, having a voice and a seat at the table. I mean, they, as in these, the activists um, and what we're all trying to say is no, you can't. We we all get free speech too. We all need to ask questions too. We all have a stake in gender and sex and what happens to ourselves and our daughters and our brother. You know, like come on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think it's ridiculous, and I'm just I'm I am tired of like not speaking out more about my real feelings because 
Um, things have been bullshit for years and I've been paying attention to it for years and I've been mostly silent for years, but, you know, just trying to figure out and ask my questions and read my books. And I think there's, you know, because thank, thanks to those famous people and certain ones who are taking more risks now, more and more people who are, are not, you know, who are just trying to be nice and kind uh, and, and on the right side of history about this stuff. I think more, more and more people are starting to wake up and mm-hmm. it's time for those of us who have been silent to start being a little bit louder. And we got to steer this ship because we're letting children <laughs> dictate, you know, <laughs> what society is. And it's getting mm-hmm. to the point where they don't want science out that, you know, they're, they're anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm like, am I, am I crazy? You listen to bar pot or is, Oh, oh for, uh, you know, are things yeah. going it, like, it just feels like to the point where it's, you know, I'm like, I almost feel like a conspiracy theorist or something. Um, I'm like, is, is, is everything as crazy as I think it is? Is it getting to the point of thought crime and erasing history and erasing science in, in favor of ideology? Or, you know, I, I think uh, it's all happening. I think it's all like, it's really scary because you, you listen to, you know, bar pod and don't you hear like, things are really bad. Things are on the verge of stuff that we've seen in history before in terms yeah. of totalitarianism, totalitarianistic kind of stuff, you know, Aren't, aren't we basically toying with that edge and we really need to pull pull things back? Uh, absolutely. Pull things in a new direction? <laughs> I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm like, as, as I said, I'm not the uh, very good with, uh, I'm not a confrontational person. So I don't, I mean, sometimes also with my friends, I just shut up, right? I yeah. just don't say what I think. Um, I mean, I, I fucking love it that this, this, what you just said, it's amazing. And I mean, this is why I wanted to to talk to you because obviously you are you you are uh, queer and you are you know gender non conforming. I think yeah, like yeah, yeah well, well, however you say it, right. but you also are a logical person, and this is so valuable and so important because right now when I go to a queer space, I feel scared and yeah. threatened. I feel threatened. I feel like I'm scared. Okay. Yeah. The last queer event I went to, everybody's beautiful and, and shining and beautiful. But I feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm, I should hide. I should not say anything. I was there with the straight guy. And when there was like a, some kind of a workshop situation, he tried to say something and they all like f- just yeah. beyond ignored him, rolled yeah. their eyes at him Yeah, because he's not allowed to speak because he's a straight male male right well Why? he should have just come out as non-binary real quick and then it would have been fine i mean he was talking about a, an experience dating a, a trans person so yeah. his experience wow. was relevant it was not right. that relevant but everybody rolled their eyes at him you know and um i mean okay this is just one thing right and i, I mean i'm not bra- i'm not brave enough like you to make a whole podcast about this you know <laughs> but like with my boyfriend uh, this morning and he's a history nerd uh, we were just talking about this mm-hmm. and he told me this happened before. This is when, and this is when, and this is when it always happens that a lot of time leftists mm-hmm. <laughs> or there is a certain, like you say, like a religious kind of people start to believe in a religious, religiously in something yeah. and they will kill because of this idea. Yeah. They, they become violent. They become, I mean, it doesn't, the killing, it's, it's at the end, right? But, right. but, but what I found about the, the Day Chappelle um, 
uh, he's first of all, I don't think he gave he he did any cheap jokes. The no. jokes were actually quite like beautiful and and poetic. Yeah. And the end, how basically the point of it was that the bullies are the ones probably we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. But the bullies are the ones that pushed her to kill herself. And bullies will be bullies. Bullies are bullies. And right. it doesn't matter if you're bullying towards this cause that you think is the right cause. This is what happened like in pogroms in, 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 in Russia where they, they killed Jews. Yeah. Do you think that they thought that they were doing something bad? No. Yeah. Right. They thought they were doing the best well, thing. Well, this is when I knew shit. People, yeah. When know? I knew shit was going off the, the rockers was when people started talking about that. Yes, it's okay to punch Nazis. And it's like, okay, but that's a story where now yeah. we've also decided to broaden the term Nazis to people who don't consider themselves Nazis and to uh, that mm-hmm. people, if you really looked into it, don't, aren't, don't look like Nazis at all. And so who gets to decide who's the Nazi who gets, to, and, and it's like, no, you know what? We should not have been talking about, should we punch Nazis? Is that somehow the right thing to do? Which is so, it's so obviously just flat that part of people that wants to wants the zombie apocalypse so that they could shoot humanoids in the head you know what i mean those people are like give me an excuse to punch someone so look in the mirror if you're ever thinking to yourself good oh i found someone i should punch look in the yeah. mirror hard and then also it's like um no the, the question isn't should you punch nazis or who is willing to punch a nazi it's who is willing to be punched by a nazi when we made a headway in the civil rights era it was because we had took photographs of people being hosed down, being bitten by dogs, people being taken to prison for not giving up the seat on the bus. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not who can shoot the water at the bad people. It's who can be shot to show, you know what I mean? Like these kinds of peace mm-hmm. movements, nonviolent, you know, I mean, I know some people are, will say that it's violence that somehow got black people, the rights in this country. And I don't think that's true. Um, and it's the same thing with gay people. You know what I mean? It's, we did it through mm-hmm. love. We did it through saying, Hey, we are your brothers and sisters and daughters and friends and whatever. And like, and you know, like learn to love us. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, the, w- once it became uh, my, my liberal friends, you know, the part the bleeding heart sides decided instead that we should be violent. Um, and we've started really changing uh, our language around violence, what is and isn't violence and what isn't, isn't good. I mean, we've really lost track so hard and, and you know, I don't know the story. I've tried to look into it to some extent about Daphne, Daphne. who, who committed suicide. And I, you know, I, I saw some tweets from her sister that maybe said, like, I don't think that it was uh, the trans activist who made her kill herself, but we also don't really know. And I, I you know I don't think she left a note saying this. These are the reasons and these aren't the reasons. Um, mm-hmm. I think anytime someone kills themselves, there's so much going on. And so, like, I, you know, I don't want to say it's uh, just the bullies. I think, I'm, as, mm-hmm. as he said in the special, like, I, you know, it's probably probably didn't help. And then, you know, to the extent that then I see people on Twitter going, no, look at Chappelle's bullies. They're all awful. I'm like, well, that sucks too. Okay. I don't care if you're a trans activist or if you're a Dave Chappelle fan who's in favor of free speech and whatever, if you're a bully, you're a problem. Stop being a bully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You, you all might make people kill themselves or whatever. You're just making the world a worse place if you are bullying. So there's just no excuse mm-hmm. for that. And I, you know, I hope eventually any of the people who are bullying people in Chappelle's name will come to see their irony and their, you know, <laughs> issues and all of this. I mean, but it was also so interesting to me that he ended his special saying, you know, he, cause he says, 
he starts a, a fund in a trust fund for Daphne's daughter. And that one day he really looks forward to giving it to her and saying, I knew your father. He was a remarkable woman, or I don't even remember what adjective he used, but some, some kind of like, he was an amazing woman or something. And so here he's, you know, committing the sin of misgendering quote unquote, what I would call mispronouncing someone. And, you know, but the question is, how do you react to him doing actual good for someone and referring to them as a woman while refusing to, to change, you know, his pronoun use? It's just because someone uh, has demanded it. And I think that pronouns are something that we just have not really even started to talk about, you know, articulately and clearly in society. All of a sudden, people just said, use these pronouns or you're a jerk. But it's like, well, okay, but pronouns in English had been referring to sex, um, even if it was assumed sex, for a long time. And if you want it to now be about gender identity instead of sex, that's a big ask because we were encoding information. And now we're encoding a a kind of information that no one can really um, define. And... So why do some people get to decide that what we're going to be doing with this part of speech now is going to be based on some something that's an internal identity of something, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's no longer going to encode any actual information about someone's, you know, biology. Because if you think about what goes on when we use pronouns, sometimes it doesn't really matter, but other times you're reading a story of an allegation of a violent crime, for instance. And then what does that do when you're reading the word she? (laughs) And that's just something as a society, I think that we should be figuring out there should be a vote or something. You know, normally if you change, when language change, it's an evolution that happens organically over time. And, you know, um, but for some, uh, for a minority group to just decide with no political process or anything, but just this weird social process of, um, hey, this is how we're going to use pronouns now. <laughs> like what? Mm-hmm. Since when does that ever happen? Mm, yeah. And, and people say it's just about hurting feelings, but it's like, well, no, it's also about like, you're telling us how to think of people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's complex. I mean, I, of course, if that, if this is what it is, then I'm willing, of course, and I'm, I'm willing and happy to to do my best to 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 do that. I mean, I I think it's 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 great. Fine. I mean, I don't. I mean, of course, I will make mistakes. I'm not used to using they in this way, or you know. But I'm I'm happy to 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 accommodate that for people. You know, um, absolutely. But I don't like it when people try to get into my brain. <laughs> and force me to think in a certain way that immediately makes me a kind of want to think something else. Right. Well, I still want everybody to decide and to, to do what's good for them. I just don't like it when they twist my arm. Right. You know, and I don't like it that, yeah, then I'm afraid to talk to you that I'm now thinking about what I just said before and thinking that, you know, Thank goodness I'm not I don't have anything to cancel so I'm fine but, you know but yeah but also that I mean I think like canceling t- taking somebody's uh livelihood away 
for mm-hmm. for for stumbling upon a word or for making just right now maybe the wrong uh, um, uh, comparison or the wrong you know metaphor mm-hmm. <laughs> and taking that out of context or taking that and you know whatever I say I'll, I stick my foot in my mouth all the time I say wrong things all the time and for that to be something that I can be like my my you know my career will end on that right. It's so not forgiving, and it's, right. it's, it's uh, well, and it's just the strangest thing for um, this t- the t- way the timeline has gone of you know this this kind of special needs minority going very very rapidly, not only like getting awareness of laws and things, but then having as much power and control as they do while still claiming to be completely powerless and unheard. And, you know, like they need all of this help defending themselves against Dave Chappelle. It's like, I don't know. It seems like y'all have quite the platforms, quite the, you know, like everyone's been trying to bend over backwards because we all, you know, saw this line from the civil rights to the gay rights to the trans stuff. And everyone was just like, we just want to be on the right side of history. We we learned our lesson. You know, all the, all the kind of liberal Mm -hmm. side of people were just like, we learned our lesson. We're going to do whatever you want. And so we, you know, they just, they, I think some people just got, have gotten power hungry and it, we've kind of spoiled them yeah. a little bit on just being too easy on them being like, Hey, yeah, for sure. We're sure, you know, this is the new thing. This is the new civil rights thing. So we should just kind of like do whatever you want. And in some of them were literal children. And, and also some people are, you know, have mental disorders and they're just on Twitter and they're talking and people don't realize that this is a 16 year old who's autistic and is on AD and D medication and it has, you know, a cut, whatever. Um, and so we're listening to these people. And so I think things have just gotten out of whack. And then, and then, and because they are so used to being able to exercise a lot of power, then when someone, you know, commits one of these, you know, triggery kind of sins of, well, no, I'm going to use pronouns uh, differently. Um, And in fact, I could, I'm can maintain a position that you can be a dude and a woman, you know, and if that's how he sees these these things, Mm -hmm. but if he says that the fact that that is so outside of um, what's acceptable right now in 2021 is really kind of amazing. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I just, Mm. I think that the reaction that's happened has proved much of what he was saying. And, you know, that's the thing that they really don't like is that they're, they're like, no, we we're supposed to be able to control speech and thought and we're not able to control his Mm -hmm. speech and thought. And so therefore you know, we don't want him to be able to say those things. And we at least want everyone else to know that if you say those things, we're going to make it hell for you and you don't have his money and power and faith. Yeah. I mean, it's like you say, like we learned from history that everybody's different and to let, uh, uh, you know, respect everybody and every, uh, we want everybody to be equal and to have their rights, right? But we didn't learn from history is herd mentality is a disaster. Right. We didn't learn about the power hunger and how it works and how right. uh, perverse incentives work. Right. And this is what plays plays a part of it, you know. It reminds me of the Stanford prison study um, where, you know, they put half the people in police outfits and half the people in prisoner outfits. And it didn't take two days before, you know, they were just being the, the police people were being cruel to the prisoner people, which lends some credence to the all cops are bastards idea. But 
it also just shows what happens if you give people some kind of authority, some kind of power, some kind of uh, idea of themselves. And um, it doesn't take long for people, even, you know, even the, the most downtrodden and oppressed, if you give them the shades and the uh, baton, what do you call <laughs> whatever the police stick, you know, then all of a sudden they become the bastards. And it's, it's, so it's not only a herd mentality we haven't figured out, but we haven't figured out cycles of the oppressed becoming the oppressor, even though that's, it's so commonplace. It's commonplace on individual level and it's commonplace in demographic ways. And, but that's something we, that just, we're just completely blind to and everyone still acts like, um, oh yeah, they're historically oppressed. Then you must be the most oppressed. But, you know, we also know that there's intersectionality going on. We also know that, um, things are changing rapidly, more rapidly now than they ever have in history because of technology. Uh, so we know that the old rules aren't always going to apply. Like we have to keep so many things in mind right now in order to be, be thinking clearly. And everyone still really wants things to be simple and, you know, to use yes. simple, simple heuristics about, you know, about what's right and wrong. Yes. I really blame blame uh, the film industry <laughs> I mean because look it's it's like they're oh we always want and also when I was younger I really wanted them to be a simple solution a black and white solution simple solution good bad mm -hmm. good guys bad guys you Manichaean know and conflict yeah good yeah evil. like right uh, so I, I have periods. Oh, yeah. If we just do this, it's going to be fine. Or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just If we just do that, it's just one thing. It's going to be super easy. Why did you guys not figure it out yet? No, we didn't figure it out yet because it's really complicated. I, I mean, okay. So I come from Israel, right? I mean, yeah. I wanted yeah, season to always go up this thinking. Podcast. <laughs> Sorry, real quick. Season 21 yeah. of this podcast. I'm yeah. going to solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. That's the plan. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness we're waiting. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> me. Waiting. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So like, you know, growing up in Israel, um, you want Israel to be wrong because you want something to succeed. You want, you know, you want that, you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, but, but no, it's not easy. It's not simple. If you look into the details of it and yeah. what's going on, really, it's so complex. Yeah. You can't even start to understand it, but it's so easy to raise a sign saying uh, boycott Israel or something right. like that. You know, it's and, and then you, you go home thinking, oh, oh, I solved the conflict, <laughs> right. you know, and this is always this black and white thinking is a disaster. You have to look at everything to the, the case itself and try to learn from that. And I don't know and make mistakes all the time because who knows? I don't know. I'm the last person to know. I have no idea, but like, you know, I just have to have empathy and to try to make things better, but it's all step by step and with the tedious process right. of life. Right. And we're just, that's, you know, the other thing on this podcast, you know, the idea is that we have empathy and logic here and that you can't, yeah. we're not going to make the world better with only one. <laughs> uh, yeah. We really have to have both. So that's something, yeah. if you're ever coming to look at any kind of conflict or controversy and you think that it's simple, let's think again let's just yeah. think again because it's almost nothing especially nothing that like millions or billions of people are arguing about as if mm. millions and billions of people don't have a point <laughs> that's not realistic hey -oh, it's the end of the episode thank you so much for uh listening to the whole episode and for staying with me here 
if you're liking what you're hearing, then there are lots of things that you could do to support me and or just get involved for your own sake. You can follow me on Instagram at Ellen DeGenderless if you just want to see where I do comedy and, you know, pictures of me and uh, people in my life and my dog and stuff. I have a cute, cute little four-pound dog, and I live in the country with goats and cows and uh, things like that. But uh, also, you can follow Wrong Questions Only on Instagram. I sometimes post clips or other things that I find. Uh, it's uh, I won't flood your feed. And I take that as a selling point, even though the social media companies um, punish those of us who don't feel the need to yap, yap, yap all the time. But uh, anyway, you can subscribe to that if you want to and whatever. Also, if you live in Austin, my show Off Script is happening this Saturday, November 13th at 10 p.m. at the Fallout Theater. It is the show where we do stand-up and you're not only allowed to heckle, but encouraged to heckle because I give prizes to the funniest heckler of each comic and I always have uh, fun and weird prizes. Some of them are silly and ridiculous and funny and then others of them are actually quite valuable. It'll be a bunch of uh, products from the, I was just at Skank Fest, the comedy festival that happened in Houston and they were giving us all these uh, tinctures and whatnot. So that is, yeah, if, yeah, if you want to come heckle comics or just watch other people heckle comics, it's often uh, crazy shit will happen and it's always so, so, so fun. Uh, so don't miss that. Go to falloutcomedy.com for tickets. You can, again, support the podcast, support what I'm doing, support my ability to uh, occasionally go to a restaurant or buy underwear if you uh, subscribe to preferably Substack, but you can do Patreon if you want. Whatever. Patreon.com slash WQO or wrongqo.substack.com. And there you'll have bonus episodes, bonus stuff here where we're talking about uh, dominatrix stuff. And you'll be able to join conversations as well. So do that. I think that's all I really need. Rate, review, subscribe. You know, tell a friend. Uh, it is awesome if you could do the Apple Podcast stuff for the algorithms. I don't, you know, I don't know any other ways to rate and review myself. But that would be tight. I see the ratings climbing a little bit. And I appreciate everyone who does that. And, um, yeah, just, just tell a friend to share it on social media. You know, if you wanted to make a clip of some moment that you liked and tag me or not even, you don't even have to tag. Wait. Yeah. Wait, do tag anyway. Okay. I don't know. Uh, see you next week where Dasa and I, I'm sorry. See you next week where Dasa Hink and I will be continuing our conversation this time, our juicy conversation about, you know, where have all the lesbians gone? I'm not even on steroids.